Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. Welcome to Whole Truth Podcast with myself, Jordan Stevens, aka Rizzo. Wow, oh, you said Rizzo. No, sorry, aka. No, fair enough. No, native. it's not Alvin either. I've, AKA. I've that. Give me a random one now. Just what's my new name? Um, five Man Stampede. Brilliant. Um, cranberry love Necklace. That. Cranberry Necklace. Oh, love Cranberry Necklace. All right. Welcome to the Whole Truth Podcast with me, Jordan Stevens, aka Five Man Stampede. Five hand? Five man. Five man stampede, a.k.a. Cranberry, Cranberry necklace. necklace. Names that I've been gifted by my guest today, Diz Rayleigh, um, a.k.a. Rowan Sordo. Hello. Um, Hello. It's, it's nice to... Can I refer to you as your full government name? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I'm not... I'm not <laughs> I'm not used to you referring to me I know. as that. I never I'm, do. I'm into that. You always call me Diz. I always call you Diz. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm very happy to have you on a podcast today because nice to be here. I've known you for a long time and you're incredibly important to me in my career. How long has it been? Well, I would have been... You were 15. 13. 13. 13. Maybe even... Tw- no, 13. And what am I now? 27? That's a long time. 14 years. 14 years. That is long. <laughs> Um, for those, so I'm going to give you the backstory now. Um, so I, uh, when I was living in Brighton, I was um, I was just a young boy with a dream. <laughs> uh, I was in, I was invited along to a to a youth centre. Um, shout out Audio Active, shout Brighton out Audio youth Active. Center. Shout out Adam Julia. Heinz shout out Heinz. Um, and it's Heinz Heinz actually who was uh, working in the kitchen of uh, or was just running. I think maybe a. a vegetarian burger restaurant red veg red veg and overheard my, me talking to my mum about wanting to express myself lyrically yeah 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 mm. and he was like why don't you just come down to this to this um, session and one of five mentors was yourself yeah. you were the first person to play me Eminem Infinite and that you record you heard where I was sent from it yeah the, 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 for murdering instruments wait I got sent there for Oh. I'm infinite. You heard the hell I was <laughs> sent from it. I was sent there for su- serving a sentence, murdering instruments. Yeah. Now I'm trying to repent from it. Anyway, for those who don't know, know it a lot better than I do, basically. Eminem Infinite is his first, literally his first proper album. Yeah. Pre Dre, pre. It was in the three, what was his crew, the 313 or the 365. Hey, you know all the stuff. I don't even what know. What do you mean? Well, you I know just that, that, me song, that song is like. It's brilliant. Yeah, because and the you told that to a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, but you told that to a thirteen-year-old boy yeah. who was wanting to be a rapper. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I went and did the work. Yeah, you did the work. Um, but you did also write a 
a um, a play in mm. rhyme called Bonfire Night, where I played <laughs> Danny. I played a boy called Dan Boy. Dan Boy, who it. who achieved fame at a young age and let it destroy him. Yeah, <laughs> I was just looking for a reaction, <laughs> um, which is. I'd like to believe an exaggerated version of the truth, but it's near, it's so near to the truth that it is. Um, I felt like well, his energy know, was a little bit more of total. He was like, "I'm damn boy." Yeah, I'm the. Yeah, it was the showman. Well, the every character in the play was based on the person playing the character. Right? Yes, thank you. So we, well, I came into the the youth center and. Um, and spent a couple of weeks working with you guys quite closely and getting to know you a bit and stuff. Yeah. And then I wrote the characters based on... What was what that? Yeah, but that's... Because that's, that's, I never remember. I was having... Well, it was, it, they, they, were like, they were like magnified like mutations of the people that I met. Because the idea being that you could inhabit the role that I made. Yeah, 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 of course. Shout, the, also, all, shout all out like Sam Marion and, and Marissi. Yeah, aka uh, Barcode. Barcode, yeah. Um, just doing loads of Brighton <laughs> shout outs, basically. No, but I'm intrigued because I was asked this in an interview the other day about <clears> that, when, when someone asked me when I first started making music and when I decided that it wanted to be a thing. And I remember, like, I remember at my school, I got voted most likely to be famous, but I never remember wanting to be, I never remember going, like, oh, I'm going to grow up and be famous. Like, yeah, that's a bizarre thing. What so, was, what, so, what was the dream when you were a boy with a dream? I don't know. I just to escape, to get out, hmm. to just to give someone me and mum, me and my mum could not be in financial trouble, you know, and not yeah. be in debt all the time. Yeah. But what was it that you saw? Sorry, I will get on to you. By the way, I'm just this is. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about 100%, you. No, in fact, I'll probably edit this out if I'm being really honest. But no, this is it's a good, good investigative piece for me. Yeah. Um. I guess you were just, you were very, you were already a showman. Um, you were very sort of ebullient is the word I'd use. Like Ebu ebullient. Ebullient. That's a great word. Bubbling up. You, know, uh, you had a, a very bubbling up personality. Um, it's a better word than bubbly, ebullient, because bubbly just implies like a bit vacuous. And right, yeah. Ebullient is like, gah, you had fizz. Oh, interesting. And... Um, <sighs> yeah and you were stupidly confident and also you were really good at rapping man let's oh, not thanks. forget this <laughs> like it's it's not do you know what i mean i didn't just like come across a like precocious kid and be like well you're guaranteed to hit the big time thanks it's like you were just really good at rapping i did well. i do i did i do i do did i did i enjoy rapping is great there is rap i we love we did a song together when you were 15. Oh, the posse car! It's really good. <gasps> I listened to, back to it again the other day. No, it's mate, really I'm that's actually You're quite 50. sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, give a crap about the managers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> give me a year and I'll be. Oh wait, I say in that lyric, I say, "Give me a year and I'll be followed by the cameras," isn't it? So something was trying to get there. I just wasn't conscious of it. You were like, I'll be followed by the cameras, but I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I don't care, care about the cameras, but I'm guaranteed to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, mate. Yeah, that was, our, we were on that tune. I possibly got your, and you were my favourite verse by by far, man. I remember you put like, rap said Victoria Sponges. Wait, what the hell of a track? I must be what, the sixth one of the, the chat? Oh, the best of the rappers were sick and ill, like ripping the head of a cat. cat. The sickest sick kidnappers, kidnappers won't, won't give you testicles, testicles back. back. Which is, which is mean. Anyway, sorry. Um, we are getting super sidetracked, but... 
it is, coming off it is a leg as well. Yeah. There is a lot to get through. You are a massive part of my history. I've always looked up to you as a rapper. Um, and we did do that posse cut and since then I, I watched you write more plays you made an incredible album with your friend Baba Brinkman mm. who uh, um, has gone on to also write massive scientific rapping yeah. rhyming plays he is a, a genre all of his, his own exactly. yeah um, and uh, theory of evolution in rap wild the rap theory of wild the rap guide to climate change wild He's a deep guy man um, Academic, and but also similarly seen you Disraeli, with Disraeli and the Small Gods, um, just own it. Performance was phenomenal. You're just a great performer and <laughs> great lyricist, and have incredible people around you. Um, so yeah, big inspiration to me a lot of, of for a lot of my musical development, culminating in um, obviously I I, I have. I am constantly shifting and changing, but we did make a song last year, a couple of years ago. You made two songs, mate. I know that. Oh, you know what? I listened to the other one the other day. Anyway, that's another story. Is it good? It's banging. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard it back. It is great. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, your verse is sick. Um, but Light of Day, which with me, you, and, and Manifest, um, which was one of my favourite songs I've ever made. So there we are. If you want to check that out, it's Al the Native Light of Day. Um, but you have also been making. Um, you were in an interesting place when, when we made Light of Day, actually. I, I remember you distinctly coming into the studio and feeling a sense of relief, it almost. Mm. It was like you had been, um, you'd been like frustrated in a way yeah. by yourself. Um, and um, let's just talk about that a little bit because you've gone on to make this album, The Unmaster. Um, which I got given an excuse, exclusive preview of, and I think is fantastic. But it's like, I haven't heard the masters yet, though. I know, mate, and I already think it's good. So there we are. So I'm very excited about sharing with you. Right, but I was going to bring it down. I actually have it in my phone. I could play it to you. What the whole, entire thing? I could play it to you. Wow. Well, just send me the link. This isn't the moment, obviously. Um, yeah, that would be a boring podcast for other people. Well, no, not really. I suppose if just you, you going, play it on uh, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the headphones wouldn't work. But no, please explain to me what 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 led you to create an album that is kind of in t just solely around your own desire to break free of yourself. Really, really well put. I've never put it like that, um, but that is really well put. That is what it is. I mean, I was uh, I was just very unhappy and not really functioning very well in my life and so it came from a necessity really rather than it, rather than it being like hmm now let me see you know yeah what, what could i make a change to here yeah um it was more just like something's got to change because i am survival just like burrowing into some really dark places um without any kind of volition on my part so it it was that yes yeah, survival i guess um I wouldn't say that I was ever suicidal. Um, I certainly, for the first time in my life, understood how people could be. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty unhappy, man, fairly often. Um, pretty anxious and depressed, I'd say, having read things about those diagnoses since. Um, I was never diagnosed myself as anything in particular because I didn't go to the doctor. But I did go to a therapist and um, I went on a mindfulness course as well and did a, and also joined a men's circle. So I, I did a kind of like three-pronged get myself out of this whole um, effort. 
and the music was a part of that really like you said it was kind of like uh, it's escape well, how did you put it escaping from myself or get, breaking out of yourself breaking yeah. out of myself yeah myself being this tangle of um uh, ego and uh, competitiveness and self-loathing and um, confused identity and pretense and uh, craving. Uh, so when if we're talking about breaking out of myself, that was probably like what I was trying to break out of is that kind of tangle of a combination of things. Um, and yes, yeah, a really good way to put it. I was in a flipping tangle and I couldn't really go left or right and had to seek help I guess is, is basically what it is and it's funny because I still feel a sense of uh, slight shame in saying that I had to seek help it makes me sound like you know a case um, or, or feel like that why um, well I know it shouldn't you know what I mean like I, I know there's no shame in it at all but it's interesting to, for, to me to reflect that uh, I yeah. still feel a twinge when I say it you know I couldn't cope on my own um, and I had to seek help um, because otherwise, who knows, you know? Yeah. Uh, and You can, though. What's that? Who can cope on their own? Well, I don't think any of us can. No, and that, this can. is one of the greatest lessons of, of this whole period for me, is that is our like inherent togetherness as beings, you know? We evolved in groups. We evolved together. We evolved as an organism, as a species. Um, not as these like individual atoms of consumption and like self-definition that we like aspire to be now. Mm. So yeah, man, that's what that's one thing that's, that that brought me to doing the Unmaster. Um, in fact, it's, it's it's hard to say that I came to doing the Unmaster because it, it wasn't like I was suddenly at a, a new door marked Unmaster and I was like, now is the time to step through here, you know. This like this like edifice of the album built around me as I worked away at um, getting out of breaking out of myself. As you say, mm. um, music making is something I do, is like a just a sort of byproduct of being alive for me. I have to do it. Um, well, that's interesting because yeah. <clears throat> that's another we look a lot um, on this podcast, especially and with the whole charity we look at, we did a, an event music for mental health which we're looking to continue there's such an obvious you know yeah um or consistent maybe is a better word yeah. um link between those two yeah. i'd really love you to i mean i know you say it's just it's just what you got to do no but it's but yeah also what one like a really clear symptom for me of being unhappy and, and being you know unwell or whatever you want to call it um, was that I couldn't make music uh -huh. and I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't be anywhere near music, actually. So one of the... Um, when I say music for me, it's like a byproduct of being alive. Music for me is a byproduct of being, like, to some degree, healthily alive. Uh -huh. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Rather than not present and tangled up in myself and tangled up in all the shit we were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, music... Yeah, I mean, I, my, my whole relationship with music has changed completely in the last three years, completely. I mean, my, my relationship with music now is that it's a source of joy and something I need to do. Um, my relationship with music three years ago, yeah, like 
beginning of 2016 three years ago was that was a source of like anxiety it was um a source of like evidence that i was a shit person um especially my own music was very much like felt like a mirror mirror of my worthlessness to me Mm. Um, and other people's music was uh evidence that everyone else was better than me and uh yeah. And that I wasn't worthy of whatever attention or. Um, Where do you think that comes from? I mean, it's just a it's just a reflection of where you're at in life, isn't it? I think as an artist, your relationship with your art is your relationship with yourself and the fact of your existence, right? So when your relationship you with yourself, around? you think it's the other way around. I'm asking that. Do you think it's the other way around? Uh, I think it's they just coexist. I think like the 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 way. <laughs> The way you the way you relate to your art is the way you relate to your creation, and your creation is your life. So, for me personally, I shouldn't say your. You know, it's this this is my experience of it. My relationship with my life is is the same as my relationship with my art, and that's another thing I realised as well. It's like that we are, like we are acts of creation, and if we're not present to our lives, we can't be present to how we make. Um, and what we make, therefore, won't be present to other people, you know. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're, if you have some like connectivity with yourself and connectivity with your life, to me, like the art will come. You know what I mean? Uh huh. What what you you when you spoke about a sense of shame, saying that you needed help, or or a kind of a barrier between you and potential diagnoses, which I kind of actually understand. What, when, when would you say was the first moment in your entire life where you were aware of mental health and aware of your responsibility to that? Was that is that actually mm. only come about now, or did you were you aware of this as a as a boy? Or? Um, no, I mean I definitely had. Um, I have an aunt who has manic depression, and um, one of my best mates' dad uh, was manic depressive and and eventually um, died from it. Um, was in and out of, um, you know, being sectioned, and uh, it, was, it was definitely present in my life as a young person. I definitely felt like it wasn't something that would ever affect, like that kind of turmoil was something that would ever touch me. Um, I felt sort of well, well looked after, and I felt well, you know, I felt stable, and like my mind was something I could trust. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, nice. Whereas, uh, yeah, definitely when I was going through my rocky patch a couple of years ago, I stopped feeling like my mind was something I could trust. I had that. Yeah. It's really you scary. had that too? Yeah. I honestly remember, I remember my friend going through a tough time mm. and saying, your brain isn't your friend. Mm. And I remember going, what? Like, are you joking? I said, your brain is your best friend. I was like, you can control anything, you know? But I obviously wasn't thinking that. Your emotional world, I don't think, is actually really anything to do with your brain. And it's not conscious. Mm. It just exists. It's mad, isn't it? How much there's going on without your conscious control? No, totally. Totally, because it was like, you know, for me, I don't know if this is the same for you, but it was like I... 
I had such overwhelming emotions that I, mm. I couldn't think my way out of them. Mm. Whereas before, I could pretty much think my way out of them. You know what I mean? Or yeah. I could put up a barrier. Uh, but being sober and feeling that, or just not, not even sobriety, but not delving into an obvious desire to numb, you know, and having to sit with that, you realise that. And people kept telling me time. And at that point, I was like, what? Do you mean time? Like, how do I know? Like, give me a date. Like, when do I stop feeling like this? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and there yeah. just isn't. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. actually an amazing artist, um, Lex. I know you Lex. Do you know Lex and more? Yeah, she was on my show the other day. Of course, man. right. She and she said that. What, oh my god, I was outside so ass with her. Right, they're just doing a poetry night six weeks. Shout out six weeks, and you know she's listened to me ramble. I was just on my proper, you know. Like trying to intellectualize my feeling, you know, but this happened and that, and why is this, this not that, and da 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 da. And Lex was like, yeah, 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 no, no, for real, for real. Like she's just listening to it, even though I was like, probably saying some real questionable shit, you know. And she turned to me and was like, you know what? One day you're gonna wake up and you'll feel better. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know when, but one day. I was like, that shit just stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. You know? She's got such a quiet wisdom, hasn't oh, she? God, like, listen. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but again, you know, it, it, I know Lex I'm sure she has her own stories around with her yeah, stuff and course, I don't yeah. want to have to run to her whenever I feel <laughs> away. tell me what to do I know um, right okay so so yeah I, I mean I totally get that feeling in it and that it's scary isn't it mm. for your brain to suddenly go and a lesson in like in community and interdependence like we like we with our capacity to reason yeah each each of us alone, like you said before, we can't cope alone, yeah. and we're not built to cope alone. No, totally. We're 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 we're, we're literally not. Otherwise, it wouldn't take two people to make a person. Yeah. <laughs> um, for but sure. that's yeah, mate. And I like that thing of talking talking about your conscious mind and your rational mind being able to. Um, being able, you could, like you can rationalize your way out or reason your way out of some kind of tangles, can't you? Like you can you can reason your way to a kind of to a better mood. Um, yeah, if, if you're kind of well, but then there yeah. comes a time when you just can't. You can't clamber out. Yeah, I don't think you ever do. That's what that's what that's what I've concluded. It's like mm. the times when that was more. The times when I felt like that was a choice. I was. I feel disconnected actually from my body. It's exciting though to discover how many layers of how many layers there are below what you can, what you are rationally aware of. Yeah. And oh yeah, of course. Look, yeah, once yeah, of you course, get there. But but it's it's. it's exci- what, but what I mean is, like, what I used to be terrified of was how much there was that I couldn't control. Yeah. And I, I thought as long as I can, as long as I'm in a position of mastery of my mind and of everything around me, yeah. then I'm cool. Um, and actually for me, one of the deepest things was going to therapy and mm. being with a very insightful therapist who could see the many layers going on behind each of oh, my and stuff. Literally. And I was like, with each new layer, I was like, no. but also reassured. And it's like, yeah, there's so much you can't control. Like, you might as well just let go of the idea of control. I couldn't stand it in those first three months of my therapist. I couldn't stand it. And she just, like, kept being like, well, what's that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm interested that you use the word... uh... Yeah, let's just pause on that for a minute. (laughs) You know, or they'll be like, am I reminding you of your mum? I'm like, 
well, now you've said it. And they're like, no, before. And I was like, can you just stop? You know, and it's like, well, it's just a bit. Can I'm you like, stop seeing into me? I know. I don't think that, I don't think that during the time when I could rationalise, I think the happiness was like you say, it was a, it was a sense of, it, I was like suspended. I felt like I was kind of like, and I'd look back to that time a lot after the kind of dam broke in my mind, like when the kind of like complete scaffolding, like quite obvious scaffolding, never a building, mm. but scaffolding that was kind of keeping my emotions down or up, mm. down, definitely. Um, when that was broken through and I was kind of like, oh God, I could actually, I could actually feel, like literally feel the bottom of my body. Then it, then it became, those thoughts became obsolete, but I'd, I'd, as, though, as I was working through the, this fear and shame, that voice would like hound me. Like, yo, remember when you were happy though? Happy being mm. ignorant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Happy being like, I didn't know any, I didn't know any different. And I missed it. I missed it when I didn't know that I was being yeah. unconsciously driven by like my, my issues with authority or my fear of rejection. It's like. But it, I, I don't think. It it doesn't discredit everything that came before, you know, because there's there's a there's a sense that I can have sometimes of like before I knew nothing and now I'm now I've started to wake up, you know, I st I've started to become a bit more aware of what's going on in all the layers beneath, and therefore my happiness is more real. Or um, there there can be, yeah, I, I feel like I can have a tendency to kind of discredit everything that came before, like the relationships I had before that and the friendships I had before that and the music I made before that. And I definitely feel more present to my life than I ever did before. Um, but it was, it was still living, you know? Yeah. And it was still, and it was still joy and I don't know, it's all, and, with, and without it, without every single millisecond of what you lived before, you wouldn't be sitting here. Hundred percent. Do you need to know? Or do, do you need to have this all, like this kind of oceanic awareness in order to have real happiness? No, um, no. In order no, for no. your happiness to be like substantial? No, no. I don't think it's, it's specific. Think so. It's specific, so. isn't it? It's like it's relative. It's not. It's not specific. It's relative. It's relative yeah. to everyone's experience, you know, like if there's one thing... I just like, want to clarify something here. When I say this oceanic awareness, I don't mean that I'm rolling around with this oceanic awareness, like some kind of flipping transcendental... Although that is you know the dream. I mean? Cloud That's being. The dream. I'm just saying like, do you know what beings. I mean? What I mean by that is there is an, there's an awareness that there is an ocean. Yeah. No, listen, beneath that kind of surface. We get what you're saying. It's, yeah. it, and and it, what I'd say, how I feel it is most practically explained to someone particularly in my context, you're blocking my light, babe. Thanks. Um, oh, yeah. You're very <laughs> well, aware. You're um, very aware. <laughs> there's the, um, the, the, how I'd explain it in, in the context of me is that I feel like I'm, I'm better at surfing how I feel. Like, just, I'm just, and that seems like I'll be heading towards something more blissful on the mm. basis that I can confront things in life and confront being the operative part of that sentence. What's the John Ross? Is it with a, a little, with little amount of fear? Huh? You can't, you can't. It's fear. That's what I think it is for me. Fear. I yeah. think, I feel like the blissful state is to, is to accept fear. Mm. And so I think that can actually happen for anyone. So that's what I'd say to someone who. When you say accept fear, do you mean accept so, that so I'd you say, will be afraid? So I say that I think there's two different types of approaching fear, maybe. I mean, it sounds very binary, but I, I feel like generally speaking, I'd say one is a, 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 such a state of avoidance 
that you're not even allowing yourself to process what happens and so mm. you're almost it's almost like half of you is experiencing what's going on because you're just in this mm. state of mm. like whatever you know like kind of almost like whereas I feel like there's another state where you're really aware and you're really scared but you're, you're actually really making a conscious choice yeah yeah you know but I, I don't know like, this is I'm speculation do you know what I mean I don't know what do we know I mean we just we just know but I will a little I'd, atom of what we know yeah um, what you said about being present to, we, you said something related to being present anyway just boils down to that really isn't it it's like uh, how afraid are you how aware are you of what the, of the shape of your fear and the shadows that it springs from you know real that's real yo listen when i was in that bubbly phase yeah <laughs> no, when, I was, when i was uh before i had like a break you know an actual break as well it wasn't even like ease it was like a snap internally um, which I've spoken about a lot on this because you know what, how else, what else are we supposed to do other than spread teachings and, and uh, teachings just honesty knowledge all that yeah. um, my grand died like four I mean not probably what's it like five years ago now six years now. My granny V I love her but I love both my grands granny V particularly is a lot of the reason why I'm a writer she used to read poetry with me and um, when she died I just was like oh she was old do you know what I mean and she died, and I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. You know, she's old, she's really lovely. She's smiling until she died. You know, the dementia, mm. she had dementia, I think, to an extent, but she remembered who I was. She could recite entire poems. It was gorgeous, you know. She was an incredible woman. But when I had this break, which was from a breakup, the first thing I cried about was her. And that's where I was like, that's when I've kind of, that's what I remember, mm. that's what I'd remind myself of when I go, okay cool you felt as well you'd mastered your emotions even to the point of judgment on others who are feeling them too much which is so dangerous mm, mm. and yeah 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 like you would, you're talking about grief here bro like it's not isn't it's not you know what i mean we're talking not talking about like did we feel happy yeah probably did did that affect you a bit more this is grief like even if you're in a place of harmony and complete and utter bliss mm. of course i'm going to cry because yeah, my grand's yeah. gone yeah, that's yeah. like my that was my like place of comfort as a little boy, you know, and, and I was ignoring that. I was ignoring me being sad that a comfort had gone for me. Mm. And that's, I think that spoke volumes about the difference between existing in your head, I suppose, and, and wanting to at least have a relationship with your body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's what it boils down to, isn't it? It's mm. like, and again, presence. Like, we are present through our body. I always feel like we get more present when we cry. Yeah, man. How good is crying? No, I know. I don't do it. Shouts out to all the weepy ones. <laughs> Honestly, man. I feel like I... I've got really into crying recently. Really? Yeah. I can't. I struggle and I'm such an advocate, obviously, but I actually really struggle. That's really fucking good, man. Mm. I didn't cry for... I, I cried maybe, you know, like three or four times over the course of about 10 years, I'd say. Before. Yeah, I feel you. Um, and I'm just like... Oh, it's letting it out. Get it out. Well, Mate. trauma, you know, trauma and like, and anger and sadness, it, it's in you. That's another thing. That's another, yeah. for, for those who are more left, have a more left brain approach to this, which is totally cool. It's not, the idea of like, you know, processing trauma, it's not like a, it's not a theory. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally inside it's you. Literally like, like you'll get yeah. dodgy knees. If you, yeah. Like, it's mad. Um, yeah, the body keeps the score. Good book. What's it called? Called The Body Keeps the Score. I haven't read it. So what would you say has been your best period of mental well-being? Now? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Because no, of... No the, question. 
Would you say this album, The Unmaster, has been almost like a a mirror that you've enjoyed? It's a, ni- a nice mirror. Oh my god, yeah. Because <laughs> you're saying before it was almost the mirror that caused you to make it. So the, the mirror, how did that? How did that evolve? Uh, yeah, The Unmaster is really the whole. It kind of really reflects the whole process of collapse and recovery, uh, I guess. And also the joy in like re-emerging. Mm. So like it's got it's got a lot of joy in it, I'd say, in quite a dark way. It's it's kind of joy in the darkness, I guess. Um, and it's got a lot of ebullience in it. It's got a lot of mad energy in it. Ebullience. Yeah, I love that word. It's a good word, isn't it? Ebullience. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's really really fizzing with life in, in a way that nothing I've managed to make before does because it's just like born of necessity and also born at the moment when I realised I could start pretending and um, let go of perfection um, and just like just try and try you know try try in letting go of effort. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. And when the best stuff so it's comes that. Like, it's just like it's full of like rubble and brush strokes and like yells and uh, strange noises and clangs and really fast beats with mm. percussion on. And you made all of it. I made all of it. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna. T- we're gonna take a, uh, a a tiny break away from talking about deep in integral internal interesting intellectual into into stuff and i'm going to ask you two questions that i like usual yeah what's your favorite color <laughs> uh black at the moment it's not a color got everyone it's not black a color is the, the color absence of light of my true love's hair. But what you'll find is that this is a colour because it's not true black, is it? Yeah. So it's full of colour. It is true black. But it is black. It is true black. Why do you like black? Um, because uh, it doesn't look dirty when it's dirty. Oh, that's a smart one. Yeah. I can look relatively smart whilst also not washing. Ah, that's what I'm yeah. going wrong. Yeah. I've, you look disgusting. I know. I know. Well, the dark grey kind of does the job too, especially with this kind of... Kind of stonewashed yeah, vibe. Stonewashed yeah, stonewashed vibe. I look rubby anyway. What's your favourite shape? My favourite shape? Um, spherical. Can I do that? A sphere? Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely do that. It sounds deep, doesn't it? No. It's like a ball. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a ball. Um, aside of the creative process that you went through. Yeah. Pre your total, I'd say, um, barrier with music, you know, like when you had it at arm's length, couldn't, couldn't fuck with it. Yeah. Were there any artists, songs that soundtracked particularly momentous parts of your life that you, that you can remember? An album that would take you right back to that moment? I've got Kendrick Lamar in mind straight away good choice um mo- moments of of uh, good kid mad city i'm dying sing about me i'm dying of thirst is one of the best hip-hop tracks ever written in my opinion 
Promise that you will sing, sing about, about me. me. It's just like it's Promise perfect. Goes out. And also incredibly sung. Yeah. I don't think Kendrick ever gets enough. Promise credit. that you will. No, sing. but it's actually he just like comes right after the Promise that you will. No, sing. but I don't think he gets enough credit for his for his melodies. He's yeah. an incredibly melodic yeah. artist. Well, I mean, he's just like an explosion of when the light goes on. Um, oh well, no. Is What's it comfortable? Question? All right. I mean, yes. How does it feel bearing your soul? Uh, at first, when I first started to do the the most bearing my soul stuff that I've done was when I first started to do the material from the theatre show, which is based also based around. Um, the tracks from the album but with extra spoken word bits I mean you've seen the show so you know but yeah. maybe you don't um, and that is very very raw and literally quite a lot of it is excerpts from my diary um, or my morning pages which is my morning practice you have a diary? yeah oh so jealous mate you just have to just go and buy an exercise book it's not the buying of it it's the, the discipline is it an exercise book or an is, a it, diary. is an exercise book when you have exercises given to you or is it do you know what I mean it's a book it's that you're supposed to, to do backflips on it's a book that's very heavy to pick up yeah um, basically I have a diary and yes yeah, so, so some of that was excer excerpts from my diary and so that felt very very raw and really and also because I feel like it was for me it was like the beginning in general of me uh, presenting my presenting myself as I actually am as a human as well to the yeah. world. I think it was like the, the, it was the dropping of the screen, and and at that moment I also went out and did a tour around the UK um, of people's living rooms and attics and stuff. Yeah, love that to raise money for the album. Uh, and there were small audiences of like thirty to forty people, and it was me reading excerpts from my diary, just like sat in a chair with no lighting or mics or anything. And so that was scary at first. And then about, you know, a couple of gigs in, I just had a moment where you were seeing yourself from a distance. Do you, get, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just gonna, just gonna try and reload myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is the story of me, according to me. Two or three gigs in, um, I felt, I, I, two or three gigs in, I started to have these conversations with people who would come up to me after the show and were just like gushing story at me and sharing themselves in the most crazy deep way um, and it, stories of insane struggle and difficulty. And I started to feel, and because it was all around the UK as well, it was like 13 different cities, um, I started to feel connected to in my strangeness, in my darkness, I started to feel connected to other people through their strangeness, through their darkness. And it started to feel like such a gift um, mm. to be able to travel around sharing my deepest, darkest. And by the end of it, I was absolutely hollowed out emotionally, but also felt this sense of connection and also the shame in talking about my, um, the shame in talking about the dark stuff had, had kind of, you know, a lot of it had faded and uh, so now the process of talking about um, you know the struggles or the or the, the vulnerable parts the soft parts uh, it's I feel very fortunate to be able to do it and it feels like an elaborate 
like form of therapy and like evacuation basically mm. um, and also every time I do it I meet someone and hear their story it's like you were saying people message you online and stuff and people message me online um, saying that you know just the kind of that door being open and someone walking through it has changed their lives you know mm. um, and I feel like I have purpose now in a way that I didn't feel before um, I feel like what what I'm doing and saying actually matters in a really real way to real humans rather than being entertainment you know so it's it, the whole thing has been a blessing I wouldn't change a moment of it how you doing man you alright you're, you're looking coldy me yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a bit old today yeah why? What have I got? Like snot yeah. running out my nose? No, you just got like increasingly glassy eyes. No, I know it's mm. half as tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just because we're, we're underground. Yeah, there's no fresh air for me. How sad. Um, I live here, by the way. Okay. Uh, they don't right. let me out of this room. Fair. They kind of get fed crackers, and sometimes they bring in an exercise wheel. It's nice. <laughs> um, we've got another incentive called Whole Hour. Let's talk about it. If you got an hour, what are you doing for your mental health? If I have an hour now... If you have an hour for it, I mean, really, really, bro. really, the dream is you assign an hour yeah. amidst a technology orientated, very busy day where you go, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to give an hour to myself. Yeah. What are you going to do? I did it this morning. What? I went to Finsbury Park. And, and did I what? lay on my back under the trees. Mm. And I noticed how the, um, the new leaves were coming out on the oak tree, uh, the new spring leaves. And this is not something I do at all. I feel like you do. I went for a run and I was like, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm conquering the park. Ah. And then I stopped for a breather at the top of a hill and, and I was like, I, maybe I, I could just walk and lie down instead of run. Yeah, it happens. Um, that first mate, I, is I, great though, I talk right? a good talk, but I'm like, I'm 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 missioning around working like a idiot basically. Do you know I give much better advice than I live. If yeah, don't we all? Yeah. If you look at a tree, it calms your nervous system. I'm into trees, man. That's a science. That's science. Into them. That's science. What's your favourite tree? Uh, I don't know any. I'm I'm a city boy. Do I'm, you like leaves? Um, I like the leaves. I like the leafy ones. <laughs> <laughs> Um, here's the thing, uh, trees, right? Here's here's something that has changed the way I think about trees. Yeah. And I feel like it's just the beginning of the way I think about trees mm. changing. Nice. But um, someone described trees to Before me the other day. Before you branch out. Hey. There's some comedy podcasts that I could be asked on, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, it's just curveball after curveball. Sorry, ball, I'm man. sorry, I'm sorry. How am I supposed to work like this? Dude, tell me about the trees. I'm really into it. <laughs> no, I actually am. This is, it's, it's actually, it's pretty, I, it's it better be a, a good tree fact at this point, Robert. It's not a tree fact. It's just a, a way of perceiving trees as the standing nation. The standing people. The standing people, My man. I used to say that. Your mum used to say that. Yeah. And I used to go hug them in Hampstead Heath. Mate. I know. The standing people. Literally, like, this is a network of yeah. beings that coexist and and are amongst us. They're not them. objects, man. Mate, in, I went to Guyana, New Year's, where I'm, where I'm from, from the, where the, my dad's, where my grandparents are from, on one side of me. Walking trees, bro. What? Exactly. I want to see shock in the room. Walking trees. <laughs> no, seriously. 
they had marked. I'm not laughing at the trees. I'm laughing at. I know the whole like, sitch. The tree, right? You got roots that drop off. No, no, they move forward, right? And then the entire tree moves, and then it's a walking tree. I don't know how else to say. It. If people think I'm talking rubbish, look it up. I'm and they it, they have like markers, and they're like, yeah, and it moved like fucking three feet in like. Four months, or maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe that's a year, but it fucking moved, bro. Wow. Anyway, Disraeli, we've spoken extensively. We could speak for loads of time more because I'm comfortable in your presence. Um, again, no offense to previous guests, um, and uh, I love your album. Everyone would will love your album. That's when's not true. This, when's just coming out? It's not true. Not everyone will love your album. Not everyone will love the that's album. That's quite scary. Some people are going to hate it. I wouldn't say hate. I think oh hate's great. My mum, my fear is indifference. Isn't gonna like it. Um, it's very fast and and uh, you'd be surprised. Got beats. You'd be surprised. Don't underestimate your mum. If there's one lesson here, it's don't underestimate your mum. My mum will like it so much it'll be annoying for me. Okay, cool. So Disraeli, what else you got coming up? Well, let me tell you, um, I've got. Two singles from the Unmaster album already Ma out. Madness. Madness is the first one. And can anybody please and explain? Oi, oi, is oi, the second oi, that's one. It. Oi, oi! Yeah, yeah. If you respect me at home and my music taste, then get it, because I like it. Yeah. <laughs> oi, oi! So, oi, oi is out. Um, and then, uh, so those two are already out. And then I've got a new single coming out June the 11th, which is called My Mama. Nice. And it is, is it about a, it's about my mama, um, and it, I wrote it. I wrote it because what? Uh, it's about your mom. Let me tell you. Okay, sorry, it's confusing. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's tough, tough out here. Um, I wrote actually wrote it specifically because my mum fell off a ladder and broke oh, her pelvis in no, three places. Why did you have to say that? It's ruined the comedy before. No, no, do you know what I mean? What a, what a callous Fuck. man. Fuck. Okay, well, anyway, right, wicked. So what my mum's coming out. What a stone-hearted man. I know, I know, I know. My mum broke her pelvis in three places. That's really shit. And was in hospital for a long time and then in a wheelchair for a long time. <clears throat> and I wrote it as a get well spell for her. And it's called oh. My Mama. And it's also um, like a healing spell for the earth as well because uh, we are causing insane damage to our ability to survive as a species. Um, yes, we are. So it's also a, it's also a letter to the earth. What are your what's your um what's your Instagram or, or Twitter so people can just keep track of your upcoming At dates? MC Disraeli. M C D I Z R A E L I. Wicked, thank you. That's Love. what's going on. And also, can I tell a, can I tell you a little bit about festivals this summer? Well, yeah, I'm I playing mean, all the festivals this summer. Yeah, if you want, wicked. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So... 
What are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Powered by Spirit Studios.